Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, wealth strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of futures. At Janice Henderson, we are committed to helping you invest in a brighter future for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber with Jim Cramer. And we're live from the New York Stock Exchange. Carl has the morning off. Let's give you a quick look at futures. We start trading one half hour from today. Jim and I like to call hump day. Uh, Let's get to our roadmap. It starts with the decision day for the Fed. And, of course, another big rate hike is expected this afternoon. One question, though, is will policymakers moderate tightening in the future? Also, AMD's out with its quarterly results. That came after the bell. Guidance uh, as well was out. And, well, the stock is actually a bit higher in their pre-market. You're going to want to hear what uh, CEO Lisa Su had to say on her company's earnings call, not to mention with you, right, on that money. Yeah, of course. And sticking with tech, uh, Amazon fell out of the Trillion Dollar Club yesterday. That was the first time that it closed below that valuation since April of 2020. What does it mean? Let's start with the Fed, though, and that expected rate hike later today. Of course, we start a lot of our uh, conversations here with the Fed. Kind of tend to have the same conversation. Curious as to when that will change. Yeah, you know, sometimes I feel like we can have no value added in the sense that we stick with this three quarters. It's almost like J-PAL kind of telegraphs things, and there's not that much to it. The thing that I think people are looking for was him to say, you know what, now we'll wait and see. And yet, everything that's come out in the interim seems to be pretty hot. And the risk that he runs is that if we do get a strong employment number on Friday, as per the ADP number, that he'll look foolish if he just says, and, and we'll wait. Yeah. So that he has to say, listen, we're doing three quarters. And in December, we'll probably have to take even more, just not sure what size. And you know what, David, you begin to start saying, is it even possible to have a soft landing? Does he even want a soft landing? You know, I'm trying to use a 94-95 model where it raises very quickly and it doesn't really hurt the stock market. But it, the, um, the window seems to be closing unless we get something better than mortgage refi, which is really the only thing weak. I'm not getting a lot of weak. I'm, look, I'm seeing little things. There'll be like a Zoom info where they talked about elongation of deals mm-hmm. uh, nine times, and then you'll see that stock down very badly. You'll see uh, Airbnb. I had them on last night. A lot of people saying that a totally wrong, I think a misread, that the fourth quarter may not be that strong. That is not correct, but that's what people are saying. But we're just not getting, in my world, we're just not getting the number of, of uh, pre-announcements. It's almost the only one that I've seen that's really dangerous is Tupperware, which got us, which last night put a going concern note. In Tupperware, everyone's familiar with it, but they have a, a co- some debt covenants that got tighter. That's the first one that I've seen. Yeah, although housing, I mean, you, you mentioned yeah, it. Housing is slowing dramatically. Housing and that is, does, as you always say, punch well above its weight because it's connected it's, to so many other parts of the economy slowly. Right, but it's 10% uh, and punches above its weight uh, and certainly hurts retail. But retail is taken on the chin yep. and, and made a comeback. You know, David, I, I see... 
uh, certain commodities come down. But because of the way the companies lock in prices, it hasn't really helped them. So you end up with a whole new class of companies that you like, like a Mondelez, where it turns out that snacking is not just something that is done uh, work from home and then go back to work. People stay work from home and people continue to snack. But, yeah. you know, that's not what that's the uh, Mondelez is not what a stock makes. The banks have been strong. Yeah, the banks have been a bit stronger. Lately. Healthcare remains very strong. Right. Well, so you've talked as well about the rotation out of mega cap growth which we've talked about. Right. I mentioned Amazon at the top. Yesterday had a very poor day. Yeah, and that's what's uh, going to... That is well, the stock now below a trillion-dollar valuation. And that's going to continue. Obviously, Meta is... No, that's going to continue. Billion. Say again? I think that continues. You do, I, right. I think that Alphabet sells it a market multiple, and that's less vulnerable. And I think that they, they will be more disciplined because they heard the market. But the, uh, the donation of from tech to everything else... Is extraordinary, and we'll talk about AMD. AMD is the first of the serious bounces that we've seen. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this is not what you. I want to. I want to. I want to talk AMD, but I want to. Let's come back. I want to come back to the Fed quickly because sure. I, uh, jobs is another area where yesterday we had job openings. See, the market was, actually turned on it. It's you know it can be a kind of well, all over the map, look, but they were well above what had been anticipated. We thought there'd be a reduction in openings, and they were up by four hundred and forty-one. We still don't jobs. have enough the market people. was up, then it, then it uh, actually turned on well, that. Wage inflation and has not topped. That's a problem. Wage inflation hasn't topped. That's, you what he, that's what Powell needs. You mentioned Airbnb, and I did note from your uh, you know, discussion with him yesterday, let's take a listen, because they're going to continue to hire aggressively. Right, they are. After we made our remote policy update, we had, you know, we had hundreds of thousands of applications coming to Airbnb. So we're going to stay pretty aggressive about bringing talent in. But in the beginning of the year, Jim, before the economy took a turn for the worse, we were still only preparing to hire seven to eight percent more employees. So the basic principle I had is whether it's a recession or a gut economy, we're not going to run the company that differently. You know, All right. But they're still hiring is the point. OK, so, but this is. Context matters tremendously. And I think a lot of people haven't followed. I, I had a talk with Brian during when he had to lay off a huge number of people mm-hmm. when the pandemic really broke out. Unlike every other tech company I follow, which kind of felt like, you know what, we can ride out this because we are integral and we're secular growers. This man fired a gigantic number of people. Okay. So we put that in context. What he's saying is, I did gigantic layoffs. Now is my time to pick among all of the people who are being fired everywhere. Total misinterpretation of what he was saying. Got it. Are people really being fired everywhere? Yes. He is saying, as he also said after uh, Cameron, look, the resumes, the glut. This is where the epicenter of the pending recession is. Well, it hasn't been enough to... Hasn't been enough to move the needle yet, has it? No, and I think the um, reason why it hasn't been enough to move the needle is because we haven't, most companies haven't bit the bullet yet. If you look at like, what no, they Amazon, haven't bit the bullet at all. Well, we yeah, just they, went through an earnings season. Well, we saw that Alphabet hired 12,500 well, okay. people right, so let's during discuss the quarter. that. And obviously we've, we've talked endlessly about Meta and but their let, willingness let's, to let's, simply I'll spend talk about both of them. some, some right, money. So Alphabet, they began to hire those, but they hired those people in the spring. Uh, they thought that things were better, and they obviously it takes a little time to hire. All right, right? when are they going to actually fire? Now. I think they're going to do it now. You do? Yeah, I do. 
Really? I think this is going to happen. Not right just now. sort of slow. No, I think that the, they've heard the hiring. market. They've heard the market. No, not slowing of hiring. They're going to do what's necessary. Meta, uh, I think, in particular, Mark Zuckerberg feels that, look, you have to do this now. You have to spend now. Well, There's not going to be any moderation in spending there, which is why that, um, no, there, there won't be. Right, which is why that stock is not going to have a but bit. He, I mean, it's going to He's not of, looking at the stock. Clearly, he's not looking no, at the stock. See, uh, no, see, I, I don't want to be accused of someone who's looking at the stock. However, that has an attribute of my job. Yeah. See, I mean, we can all pretend that everything's Twitter. You know, there's no, there's no I, listen, company here. We I, just talk. For one second, I'm mad. Is he really not look at the stock at all? I mean, I, he's not no, going. No, what matters is the... 300 and whatever to 95. He doesn't even, doesn't even take a pause. No. Maybe, you know, he's in the no, mirror in the morning. No, in order. Bathroom's like, God, that stock's down a lot. There, it's an, there's I an, if I could have done something differently there, maybe. There's an imperative there that is not dictated by the stock or by the conversation. That's okay. quite different from Alphabet. Yes. Which listens and acts. By the way, Amazon. That is just a question of how do you get your arms around all the people you have to what fire. What was that? What was yesterday? What was what was the reason behind the that significant decline yesterday? They have it every day that they don't so, fire. I mean, but more so than any every day that they don't fire hundred thousand people is another bad day. By the way, when I had Rodney McBone on yesterday from Kroger, yes, seven hundred thousand jobs at Kroger, merging Kroger with, with Albertsons, big deal. That's meant to take on Amazon. Right, Walmart the potential merger of Kroger and, and Costco, which, as you just said, would be seven hundred thousand jobs. What I thought was most two things: if one, they, if they're allowed, they'll to be get together. Right, there's a Denver overlap; it's not so good. In Seattle overlap. They're trying to create a spin code. Now you know that FTC doesn't like spin codes. Yes, I do. But what I thought was most interesting: he must have said, Rodney must have said, union so many times. Everyone's trying to appeal to this this administration. In other words, you know, look, we're we're union. Have you noticed that Amazon's not? Have you noticed that Walmart's not? Now, Costco is so much better than working for a union. I was like, Interesting. But, but, I, wanna, I, I, but I, wanna, I just think that the, everyone, the appeal to the president is basically, you know what? These are union jobs. So really, does it matter to you, Mr. President? Isn't that more important than anything else? Now, this isn't, you know, that's, you know, I went by my father's elementary school the other day. Really? We're going to talk well, about that? Well, it's now called Samuel Gompers. Now, it's been Gompers now for 40 years. But yes. uh, Gompers was a labor leader. Right. We, we, I feel like the new buildings would be named after Gompers if President Biden remembered him. I don't know any labor leaders these days. The only Walter one I remember Ruther. is Trumpka. Trumpka. Yeah, that was his name. No, right? no there were, labor unions were really powerful. And the president would like to see that, them return. Now, by the way, they're right. not good for the stock market. No, they're not good for uh, productivity either. What Let's, is it? They're not war. It got good for nothing. I mean, the unions do help. The working person. Without a doubt. Or it certainly did. Here in, in our city, they, they dramatically increased the cost of everything. Yes. And I think it's important um, to recognize that Rodney McMullen thinks that deal gets, gets and passed. He, and New because York City certainly jobs. deal with that all the time. I, I just, they still have know. a lot of power here. Can we right, turn so, to AMD now, please? Instead yeah, of having I've a got a pretty discussion? tough rap on AMD. Uh, all right, good. I want to hear it. Uh, the stock, uh, I want to check again, but it did appear to be moving higher. Uh, slightly mislowered Wall Street expectations. Uh, earnings, though, were up 29%. That's year over year for the third quarter. And, of course, Lisa Su, as is typical, was uh, on Mad Money last night. But here's no, also no, on her tonight. on the call. On Sorry, she's on tonight. Right. This is her last night on the, uh, on the call uh, discussing those results. 
We did see some, you know, weaknesses. Um, consumer was weak. Um, there was uh, some subsegments of industrials. So tested measurement was weaker um, uh, in the third quarter. So we do see, you know, the puts and takes there. But overall, um, I would say, uh, you know, the business um, has um, strong visibility. Uh, we're still supply constrained in certain. Uh, nodes and some of the legacy nodes. Uh, we've made a lot of progress on supply, so we're seeing additional supply come in in Q4, and um, that leads us to uh, you know good confidence in, in Q4. I don't want to. I want to get your take. By the way, she is on the show tonight, as you said. Right. That's Mad Money. She used to come on this show. I'm not sure what happened there, but. That I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the time. I we miss. Didn't. We miss having Lisa. I certainly did not. But give me your take on the quarter. All right. So. PC is even worse than we thought, 20% decline. Consumer, terrible. I was surprised gaming, she says, was good. Remember, they did the Xilinx acquisition. That's embedded. That was good. Data center was surprisingly good. And that, by the way, is she has the coolest chips. Now, if you go back and talk about what, what happened at Google. She has the coolest at, chips? Yeah. They, they don't they, generate the heat. most heat. Right. Amazon Web Services commerce tremendously, but that, so does Azure. Yes. Um, I, I'm going to put this in the real bad, but not worse than what we thought category. Are you surprised? And again, we haven't begun trading yet, so are you surprised the stock may look higher? I was surprised the data center was as strong as it was. I knew that PCs were bad. I knew that they're working off a lot of PCs. I know that they're still beating Intel. Uh, I do think that there was a moment that I I felt uh, a moment of calm when she was asked about how about China, not being hurt by China because their chips are not in the crosshairs of, of what the president is trying to do to China. So overall, it was, I guess, you know, after most pre-announcements, when you finally get to the announcement, it's even worse. Um, here, I was, the data center was really good, frankly. It's good. But the consumer and the enterprise, David, are just so weak. And, you know, most enterprise software companies, and we can talk about them forever, they're, all, they're almost all with all right, the consumer and the enterprise is so weak, it takes us back to the beginning of our conversation about the Fed. If that's the case, but shouldn't the there be not, some moderation in policy? But these companies are victims of, the, of their own exuberance. It's more that. Yes. Well, you know, if you had a software as a service company that it's made just, it so that you could get leads, and I hear I'm speaking about Zoom Info, what you're going to see is that they use the term elongation six times and elongate three times. That elongate is code out there in Silicon Valley for it took us a really long time to close deals. And that is the beginning of when things go. All right. Uh, we got a lot more for you here. Uh, slow to come. We're going to talk a bit about Paramount Global. Those shares also, as you see it down, almost 10%. Conference call is ongoing. We'll dig through the numbers, share what we uh, hear on that call with you. Let's give you another look at futures. We uh, get started with trading 15 minutes from now. And as you can see, kind of a mixed bag. Yeah, mixed bag. Yeah, slightly lower open. A lot more squawk in the street straight ahead. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.
With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Ford's out with its October sales. Let's go over to Phil LeBeau for those numbers. Phil. Hi, David. Uh, Ford in October saw sales drop 10 percent. Remember, that's in comparison to October of last year. So we're in that lumpy comparison period where you're, some months are going to be better than last year. Some months are going to be below last year, down 10 percent with trucks down 7.7 percent, SUVs down 14.1 percent. But what investors want to know is what's happening with the F-150 Lightning as Ford ramps production. And the F-150 Lightning did have its best monthly sales since the a uh, truck was launched earlier this year, Ford selling 2,436 of those vehicles. And remember, guys, the key here is the next year. As Ford, as GM, as they really start to ramp EV production, that's what people are going to be focused on more than anything else. Guys, I'll send it back to you. Yeah, yeah Phil, uh, it, yes, the other day, uh, Jim Farley announced that if you were underperforming in a white-collar job, you would be fired. Right. I mean, to me... There's just like dribs and drabs of fire. Obviously, everybody seems to be overstaffed out there. I I don't get how you can do that kind of firing. This is a big American company. What's Jim's plan? Well, first of all, that is an extension of a program that has been in place for some time at Ford. And essentially what Ford is saying is, look, if you are a chronic underperformer, and Ford's not the only company that looks at uh, underperformers, but Ford has said over time, if you're a chronic underperformer, you've been here more than eight years, something has to change. So we're going to give you two choices here. One, you can go through a program, uh, I think they work with an outside firm, where they try to improve your performance. If you choose not to go through that program, great, we'll give you a severance, we, we thank you for your service. It's time for us uh, to part ways. If you do go through that program, however, you're going to be expected to improve your performance. Otherwise, you then will be let go and there won't be a severance payment. And, and I think, David, this is, uh, look, a lot of people in Detroit, I know it's not what you want to hear in terms of you better do better or you're going to get fired. But there are a lot of people who have long felt that the big three, the traditional big three, Ford, GM, what used to be Fiat Chrysler, that Within the white-collar roles, they got a lot of very talented people, but they also have some people who have not always performed up to par. Uh, That probably is the case at many companies, yeah. Constantly need to be reviewing sort of to to weed them out. Phil, thank you. Uh, Phil LeBeau on those Ford numbers. Coming up, we're going to get Jim's mad dash. We'll also count you down to an opening bell. It's 10 minutes from now. One more look at futures, of course. As we told you, kind of a mixed bag, but let's call it a slightly lower open. A lot more squawk on the street straight ahead. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Welcome back. Let's get to a uh, mad dash. 
standing today. Uh, you want to talk Eaton? Yeah, this apropos with what Phil said about Ford. Eaton is a company, it's a very industrial company, and they do power management now, they've sold, and aerospace. Gotten rid of a lot of what I regard as extraneous divisions. They're very important in the EV chain. And they, they miss by a little bit. But David, in the old days, a company like Eaton would be one of the first to fire. Or you know, an industrial company that would fire, okay? Uh, Ford would fire. You asked me earlier about the Fed and what they might do. The firings are not occurring in the metal bending, in the industrial companies. I mean, you know, Cleveland Cliffs was downgraded today. I haven't seen steel companies. Nucor is not firing. Uh, so what's happening is the trouble with the Fed is that they need to see, believe it or not, I hate to say this, more layoffs. Right. And they're not getting the layoffs that they need. Now, if you're Jay Powell, you can't just sit there and say, you know what, we need more people fired. But I think you would have expected more people to be fired. But why are you making a uh, why are you making a distinction between what you're saying are coming layoffs in technology companies, which, by the way, dominate in many ways uh, our economy, right. and have very high-paying jobs? Why wouldn't that be enough? I, I, it's a great question, and I think that the difficulty is is that you want to get, as James Gorman, the CEO of Morgan Stanley, said to me, you need a four-handle, so to speak. You want to see 4% unemployment. And the Silicon Valley is very powerful and very big, but I don't think it can get us the number of jobs that will be lost to get us to 4%. So, I mean, yes, it's very big, but not big enough to drive unemployment dramatically higher and therefore give Powell the cover to say, let's just see what's going on. Okay. Long term, it's a very, I'm threading needle with my thesis, Understood. but I, I struggle. I get it. I struggle. I get it. Many do. Uh, all right. We got an opening bell just a few minutes away for you. Also, uh, keep in mind that if you, uh, you know, you missed the show somehow, you can always catch us anytime and anywhere by listening to and following the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. All right. Let's get to uh, shares of Paramount, a company, you know, I certainly cover closely uh, down, as you can see, perhaps as much as 11 percent. Earnings and revenue did come in below analyst estimates on the negative side. Uh, TV media advertising affiliate revenues also below expectations. They did add uh, 4.7 million direct to consumer subs. That's Paramount Plus. They're at 67 million uh, global streaming subs right now. But they're spending a lot of money uh, on content there. And, you know, during the call, uh, going in, that was a focus of some investors. Will they say, for example, that they're slowing their content spend? That might have been embraced, but that does not appear to be the case. Uh, again, looking at the call, uh, you know, the CFO saying, yeah, our investment in streaming does impact near-term profitability, but we believe there's significant long-term shareholder value to be created. And then they go on to say, Jim, that they have been mindful of cost management as a company, and they're now taking additional steps to improve efficiency across the organization. This is a company that a lot of people are also focused on a lack of free cash flow. Free cash flow is barely you know, equal to what they're spending on the dividend at this point. The dividend, obviously, very important for its owner, uh, National Amusements, the Redstone family, um, but no slowing. It doesn't appear in terms of what they spend on content. And, you know, they've said next year, 2024 is going to be the year where they get back to even and then start to actually have profitability from direct to consumer. Now, a lot of people think of this and they think of CBS, so-called Channel 2, not yes. the drug company. And David, linear TV. Yeah. It's just, did people just stop watching other than sports? Yeah. 
But don't you find it amazing that as we grew up, linear TV was a great cash cow. And yeah. now we're still... Of course it was a cash cow. We had aerials and there were only four things we could watch. Well, we were prisoners. Saying, at one point I would have thought it could help pay for expansion. Uh, Hundred million people watch the final episode of MASH. Right. That'll never happen again. You know that area I've got in New Mexico that I've reserved? For Disney, yes. Yeah. yes. Well, why can't Paramount build a theme <laughs> David, where are Paramount's theme parks? I don't know, Jim. Don't they have a Top so, Gun ride uh, they, that I can Top go Gun on? Top Gun is one of the is the top five film of all time. Uh, by the way, you heard the opening bells there, and you can see back at the Real Time Exchange at our headquarters, we are having a negative open here with more red on the board. At the big board here, F Suite Community of Tech Companies CFOs kicking off their uh, national summit over at the Nasdaq. Omniab, pharma technology company. Listing via SPAC, they still happen. They're still doing SPACs. They still, they still Even though a few so of them. A lot of them are liquidating, but well, yeah, some so are still making it to market. You know, it's funny. They, they, they come to market, and I think people at home are saying, well, we watch your show, and, and you say you shouldn't be in them, and they keep coming. Well, of course, it doesn't matter that we say that. It's much more of an imperative that they happen. It's because it was during a halcyon period. And, David, do these companies have employees that do these things. I mean, Getty. Look at Getty. I'm Getty is a profitable company. A and yes, they do. And those who, who are supporters of SPACs would point out that the performance of those companies versus typical IPOs has not been that divergent. No. They've both been terrible. Terrible. Um, overall. And this, of course, as we know, has been a, a, a very poor year for overall new issuance of equity. Um, you know, it's also been a poor year for... Tell me. Um, some restaurant chains. Yeah, what did you have in mind? Well, I, I think that uh, there was an announcement today, uh, and Robert Hum, I want to thank him for this because it brings a lot of good things to attention. Uh, Cheesecake Factory, which is down 16% for the year, they significantly higher electricity costs. Yes. Now, that's a new angle for why you miss a quarter. Now, Yum, on the other hand, had KFC, so it's international, KFC plus seven, and Taco plus cake. six, right. pizza plus one, uh, F, uh, XFX, these are eight, nine, and four. But when you see things like utility, cost of electricity, that's like a whole new wrinkle about why you miss a quarter. And I think it's important to point it out simply because, well, I guess there was, was also some reference to that. Was it Caesar's Quarter or another on, Los, in, on the yeah, Strip? Well, saying we're seeing it. It costs a lot more money to keep the lights on. <laughs> exactly. Literally. So, I mean, there's just a lot of excuses about why quarters have been missed. Uh, and in technology, David, it's just please get me out. That has not changed. Please get me out. Now it's Tesla. Now, well, Tesla was up yesterday. Well, I'm saying, but any company that is... A trillion, David, people are starting to think that with the exception of Apple, that maybe everybody was just paying too much for one group of Well, we have fewer trillion dollar companies now, of course, having lost Amazon yesterday. Uh, Microsoft still has a $1.7 trillion market value. And Alphabet is hanging in there at $1.17 trillion. And I am, of those, and my Chapel Trust owns Microsoft. Facebook never, or Meta never made it to a trillion. No. And neither did Tesla. Wait. Did Tesla? Maybe it did. Yeah. Maybe it did. But uh, yeah, just to go back over Alphabet, the one thing that you and I always talked about is there should be a notion, Alphabet very he heavily advertising oriented, there should be a notion that multiples matter. And the price earnings multiple of Alphabet is dramatically cheaper 
They don't have the other stocks. But it was but it cheaper before. It was cheap. It was cheap before the last earnings. But it's, it was a bit, not a great stock last year. Not a great stock. And this meanwhile, year. you know, it's anybody who wants to try to be bullish on Meta will say, hey, it's trading at twelve times. But it's earnings. But but they've decided. Except that they I, don't want to make any money. They've decided that it's investment time, and that's typically done by a private company. But no one says you have to own it. Now, nope. obviously, if they if they said, you know what, we've been we're spending too much and we're going to cut back, then you have a stock that's up thirty percent. I think a lot of people are in it for that. Uh, I don't see a sign of that because I think that Mark Zuckerberg believes, look, this is a bet the company, and the company is worth betting. Has it bottomed though, buying. Jim? Do you think? Has it, has it bottomed the stock? Has it? Is this sort well, of where it's going to just kind of hang out for quite I some think time? That it has a lot of cash, and it's not going to go through the cash. Uh, and it's reels is good. Instagram was good. You just need some sign which just says, you know what? We have spent a great deal, and now we're starting to get reap the uh, benefits. Yeah, um, but that—that's not what I'm getting. Jim, I want to talk about another company that you have been uh, quite positive on for some time. Uh, SD Lauder. Right. Now, we are issuing a, a note saying that, look, the stock market's reacting very negatively. It is now up 15 points from where it was at 7. Fabrizio Freda, who is the excellent CEO, has said over and over again that, uh, and this quarter too, business is good. This quarter was remarkably good. They raised a dividend. But he's saying, listen, next quarter may not be good because China might not be open. We're trying to buy some, or we're trying to buy some earlier when it was much lower, because that's that people don't understand the way Fabrizio Freda thinks. Right. Which is he's not going to say, listen, we hear that China's opening and it was good. What he says is, look, if China doesn't open, we'll have a tougher time. But he's a brilliant manager, and the stock was down at one point at 179, and that was wrong. That's when people don't understand the way Fabrizio. I, I happen to, you know, look, it's not about friends, it's about money. I have the good fortune of knowing Fabrizio very well, and this—he's probably the most cautious of any CEO. Oh, listen, I but know. this has been a very difficult year. The stock is down a lot more than the broader market. True, but we can go back over the last ten years and take a look at what what has well, happened there. Well, I think there. that's fair. I mean, the stock that went also up without, fair. The stock did increase because people felt, you know, what? There's no way that President Xi would maintain this plan. And, you know, on that note about zero COVID, there are a couple of reports today that they're sticking with zero COVID. I know. Um, And that yesterday was, you know, again, I always want to defer to Eunice Yoon, who does such great reporting for us. There was someone on the uh, truth of those social media reports from yesterday that had a lot of these Chinese related companies, uh, their stocks moving significantly higher. There was someone on with Dominic Chu, excuse me for not knowing his name, it's five o'clock, and saying, look, you know, there's a, the way that they're going to transition to the new government uh, gives them a, some, a cover uh, by March to get rid of this policy. Uh, major people I know at, at, both, at Pfizer have said that they've reverse engineered by this point the vaccine. Uh, I think if you read what Fabrizio Freda said in his conference, this is Estee Order in his release, yep. it's that, look, we're ready. We're ready when they open up. Uh, they would be the stock that would go up 30 to 40 percent the moment they open, which is why my chapel trust has maintained the toehold, yep. and now wants to be much bigger. Because this is it, David. Yeah. You know, it's either going to open 
and have a huge move up, or you're kind of like, all right. Well, you've you've seen the reports again about uh, iPhone manufacturing right. and what's going on at high precision. By the way, Lauder was up five yesterday, so let's not go crazy. Uh, Estee Lauder was but up five. Fabrizio I wanna... Freda, and I trust. I think he's one of the most remarkable ones. Okay. Atlanta, you know, out of Procter & Gamble, has turned that company around. I saw Mr. Lauder recently. This, he's a very charitable man. It's run by Fabrizio. Yes. Fabrizio, everyone, I don't know, universally acclaimed and is ready. A lot of his stuff is duty-free. A lot of his stuff is travel. But the thing is, is that Richemont and LVMH did not do bad. Okay. Um, I want to talk about the big blow-up today, which is back in my area of oh Riscar and, and, and mergers and acquisitions. It's a company called Rogers. Uh, makes, let's call it, components for semiconductors. DuPont had a deal uh, to acquire the company, $277 a share in cash. This is not a large transaction by any means. Oh, but. Um, it was a year ago, and the termination date came, and they still had not gotten approval from the regulatory authorities in China. SAMR is uh, the acronym we use there, uh, S-A-M-R. Um, and so yesterday, given that, DuPont said, we're done. Uh, we're going to pay the $162.5 million termination fee in accordance with the agreement, and we terminate. Now, the fundamentals of the uh, business since they announced it, and certainly what we've seen in the market, had indicated to many that if this deal were to break, it would trade down to, I'd heard, 135. So there it is at 126. Uh, there were those who believed the deal might break, but the uh, preponderance of investors in it seemed to believe perhaps you get some sort of a price cut, but an extension. Price cut, extension, and finally get approval from the Chinese regulatory authorities. Jim, didn't happen. For its part, Rogers just put out a statement as well, not saying much, just other no. than they're currently evaluating all options to determine the best path forward in response to DuPont's notice yeah. and say they remain an exceptional company. They well, do, but their, perhaps. Their growth was not there. But one with, uh, they, uh, with one with a 44% hit to its market value. Their growth slowed. Now, Ed Breen runs DuPont. And what's most interesting about DuPont is he had sold a division to Celanese for $11 billion. He was going to buy a lot of that money to buy Rogers. Now he has a gigantic cash hoard. What he do with what he'll do with it, we don't know. But this is Ed Breen. He's so smart. David, I have to ask you that. Did he not choose not to fight the Chinese because he just said, you know what, I got a lucky break here. I think I think that's gotta be part of it. The idea that, hey, you know what, we can we can walk away with a hundred and sixty-two and a half million dollar termination fee. And this stock's going to be down enormously. And look at DuPont. It's and we, just you know, it I was, it was clearly not a must-have. It was a we'd like to have. Right. And, but, you know, Ed, Ed has been uh, remarkable in turning around DuPont. And DuPont was a bad hand. Uh, and now we all wait to see what he does. This was, Rogers was an interesting materials company that seemed to have more, uh, less cyclicality. Remember, what Ed, Ed was trying to do was get out of cyclical businesses right. and get much more into secular growth businesses. Rogers didn't seem to have all that much secular growth. Hey, David, can I just switch for a moment? You can switch anywhere you want, Jim. I, I just, I just Take wanna... me, and then I got a couple of things I want to get to, and then we'll... My thesis has been to buy consumer packaged goods. Okay. That those are holding up Mondelez, all right? I want to talk about Mondelez, actually. Yes. But, okay. One of the toughest ones to figure has been Clorox. Linda yes. Rendell... Uh, the number was not as bad as feared. At the same time, it does annualize, and it, ha it had a COVID boost. And anything that had a COVID boost 
is very susceptible, whether it be, you know, we're in that now phase where Zoom's not, it's not just Zoom and DocuSign. Here they had to just say, look, you know, we do not have the growth that we had. And I don't think she, I don't think she needed to say that. I, I personally would have managed that quarter differently. I would have said, of course, that we had a big right. COVID bump. But now we're doing well. We've got some good divisions. Now, Mondelez, on the other hand, which was up more. It was up more moments ago before we start with for the actual open. You can see Mondelez up about 1%. You know, Jim, interesting quarter. And like many of these other companies, most of the increase was price. Almost all of it. Um, uh, yeah, it was big, and, too. You know, I noticed on Twitter, Dan Greenhouse pointed this slide out, and I looked at it and thought, this is worth looking at again. This is Mondelez, and this shows you inflation overall. Take a look back in 2020 and 21, and look at, look at what price has done there. But also what it shows is it's not about volume. It's not like they're really selling a lot more. It's just they're charging more for what they are selling. Okay, and so we saw that with P&G. And we've seen it with a number of these other large consumer companies, a Pepsi price. But Dirk, Dirk Vandenput, whom uh, I think an excellent executive, and I've seen him many times, uh, interviewed by Sarah Eisenberg. But there's a moment in the conference call, and they, all these executives are asked, is there trade down? Is it what? Is there trade down? Because trade down, price. Yes, right. And the answer is, he said definitively, no trade down. Tremendous brand loyalty. Procter experienced 20 bips of trade down. Tremendous brand loyalty. Once again, things are not happening the way they're supposed to. I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy my Malamars no matter what. Okay. Is that Malamar season, by the way? It is Malamar yeah, season. Yes. I started off with four boxes right immediately, you, and I put hoarding, on four pounds as a result. And I, I'm going to try to lay off a little bit. I had, even many. though they get smaller and smaller. They, well, that's another thing. Uh, in terms of like, do things get smaller? Well, look at Hershey. Look at Hershey. Talk about, Hershey David, is I, an incredible story this David, year. People got money from the government. I know that there's, you always did something with, with Sharon Epperson and, and Tyler Mask yesterday, where they talk about people still living paycheck to paycheck, a huge number in this country. That's been the story of our country. But David, those who do are living not paycheck, but you know, more than paycheck, yeah. they, they, they just love, they crave brands. Now, Rodney McBowen, Kroger has very good uh, store-bought brands, yes. as does Costco. Now, you ask Costco, there's always a very funny call moment in the Costco call where they say, Rich, Rich Galanti, do you, are you experiencing much trade down to your brands? And he always says, no, we're expanding trade up because right. Kirkland brand is better than the, the brand, the branded product. Perhaps always the funniest moment because these analysts never stop. I happen to buy Kirkland. I happen to um, think Kirkland brand is superior. I know you do. I, I, did, I went to Trader Joe's for the first time recently. I'm not a Trader I like, Joe's. Really? I, I kind of, man, the prices were great. No, I just, I'd find some. No? no, no. i got to find out more. I know it's, it's a private company. Catch, All right, before we go, I want to end on a, a ser- rather a quite serious note. CVS, what, and, CVS and Walgreens, both, both have the opioid settlement. Opioid settlement, right. Uh, $5 billion from CVS. Uh, CEO Karen Lynch says she has, quote, a high degree of confidence that states will participate in the $5 billion opioid crisis settlement that the company has reached with those states, municipalities, Native American tribes. Um, it announced the deal uh, as well uh, today and would, uh, will continue to defend it, says against any litigation the settlement does not resolve. Um, Walgreens also, I think, in there for $4.5 billion of its own. Uh, the opioid crisis, by the way, still, um, 
out of control and, and, in our you know, country. By the way, it runs it's unab ongoing. unabated. It's I'd ongoing. like to start to see the New York Times put those numbers next to the COVID death numbers because, uh, unfortunately, they're they're very close to each other at this point at 300 a day. Uh, it's horrible. Uh, but this money will go to the states and potentially will start to actually help. Well, uh, Karen Lynch, who is on at 3 o'clock with, with, with Sarah Eisen, uh, remarkable. CBS, at one point the stock was up 3, and then it was only up about 80 cents. Now it's back up 3. David, it only sells at 11 times earnings. And this was a company, very few are like this, that actually captured a lot of loyalty during the period of COVID. You got your shot, yep. and then you stayed with CBS. Uh, but to go back on the opioid, I think that other than the uh, very dark, uh, docu you know, I guess what you call it documentary, pseudo-documentary, uh, about Dope Purdue. sick? Yes, dope no, sick. No, that's not. I, I would, no, no, I, no I, I'm saying that I this... Can I, just, can I finish my thought? Writing, that was horrible. Can I finish my thought? I'm sure. saying that this, this epidemic's happened without any actual reportage that I really think is deserving. This is just Well, there's been some great I, reporting on it. No, there's there been, has. But I'm just some saying great the consciousness of the American people is to say, wow, I better just ice and take time. 100,000 a year still, Jim. No, no, 100,000 people still a year. No, I, I'm exactly. I'm trying to say that. No, I know you are. That there's that not it, enough it, attention no, being paid to it. There's just not enough attention to it. All right. It just bothers me tremendously. Um, let's get over to Bob Bassani now and get, uh, get more on where we stand in this market today. Bob. Morning, David. Morning, Jim. Uh, split here, uh, open. Uh, two to one declining to advancing stocks. Kind of a disappointment on a lot of the earnings front this morning. So take a look at the sectors. Again, looking for risk on, risk off. Uh, we do have semis moving up. AMD is up, which was impressive given what they were saying. Uh, but other risk sectors, risk on sectors, ARC Innovation, Metals, uh, generally to the downside. Retail is generally down today. Got some kind of disappointing results from them. Uh, you know, Jim was mentioning SD Lauder. A third of their sales are in China. Their guidance was disappointing. Uh, Canada Goose, they get probably 30% uh, in Asia. Uh, their guidance was very cautious. Again, I'm citing China. Steve Madden, consumer demand for brands and products remains healthy, they said. But then they go on to say wholesale customers have pulled back on orders as they prioritize inventory control. That's another uh, Stock very much dependent on China and the COVID outlook there uh, is weighing uh, on them. Elsewhere, we had an interesting internal discussion at CNBC about companies citing electricity costs, utility costs. Last 24 hours, Cheesesteak Factory talked about it. We even had reports uh, about higher electricity costs in Las Vegas weighing on Caesars here. Now we see McDonald's has made comments that margin pressures from energy costs, Darden, utilities inflation, 16%. Texas Roadhouse sales leverages were offset by higher utility costs. Thanks to Robert Hum and Pippa Stevens for pointing out some of these in the last 24 hours. But now we got another thing to look at. Finally, if you want to look uh, a global outlook, everybody's concerned about what the recession is going to look like. I always like looking at Maersk. This is the biggest shipping company in the world. They ship everything on the planet. They had very interesting comments overnight. Freight rates have peaked, they said. We've seen that already. They said the supply chain congestion is easing, but they cited a decrease in demand for products overall for shipping due to what they call the looming global recession. And that's the debate here, David. What side of the recession debate are you on? Is it modest or severe? And that's going to determine your outlook uh, for earnings uh, and even whether or not you believe uh, the Federal Reserve and what they're going to say this afternoon. Look for the phrase two-sided risk. That's what all the guys are looking for down here, David. Some kind of vaguely dovish commentary. Two-sided risk is the word everybody's looking for down here. David, back to you. Uh, Bob, thank you.
Bob Pisani, of course. Uh, we got the FOMC today, and the key question there, you know, will Jay Powell talk about a slowdown in December? Everybody expecting 75 basis points. Let's take a look at the bond uh, market right now and give you a quick bond report. Treasuries, of course, also have often led our market when yields are higher. Market tends to move lower. You can see that 10-year is above 4.5%. I'm sorry, excuse me, the two-year and the 10-year is above 4% right now as we await uh, later today when we do hear from the Fed chair. We'll be right back. We're keeping an eye on shares of Meta and Snap. They're back. They had a, a pretty big spike yesterday after an FCC commissioner called for a government ban of TikTok. And that commissioner's name is Brendan Carr. We're going to have him as a guest in the next hour on Squawk on the Street. Don't go anywhere. All right, let's get a quick stop trading. Chegg hit it out of the park with numbers. Yes, when, uh, when school so-called shutdown was obviously bad for Dan Rosenzweig and Chegg, so it's natural, I guess, to presume that once you got back and people do hybrid, it's Chegg's time. So congratulations to Dan, stuck with it, and I know it's been a brutal time for him. Uh, frequent guest on CBC. And will be a guest on Tech Check in the next hour. Oh, get out. Yeah. Oh, well, congratulate him. Yeah. Please, please. I'm actually not a part of that show either, but You're I not? will congratulate him. Right. I actually already did. Yeah. Well, all I can say is is that um, I, this is one that I should have just been saying, of course, it's going to come back. What do we got on Mad tonight? Uh, very interesting, David. We've got AMD, as we talked about. Right, Lisa And American Electric Power. Now, this is uh, Mr. Aiken's last uh, as CEO. We have to ask him, I think, about the cheesecake issue, about electricity being a factor in companies not doing well. Because, you know what, David? We have very cheap electricity in our country. Yes, we do. What an interesting moment, David. No trade down. I'm not stopping. Nobody's trading down. I like it. It's a theme. Uh, All right. Go to work. Go do your thing. All right. Get ready. Get in your position over there for Mad for Money. Mid, for my mid, no, my mid morning, my ten. Do your mid morning. My ten twenty broadcast. Okay. I'll have a lot of interesting things to say. Awesome, partner. Thank you. I'll see you later. Coming up, we're going to check in with former Dallas Fed President Richard Fisher. That's ahead, of course, that rate decision. We're back in two. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.